Today I'm joined by Ellen Holloway from Charting Toward Intimacy to talk about sexy songs. Welcome to Pop Culture Catechism, conversations about music, movies, and the longings of the human heart. Let's get started. What's the sexiest song you've ever heard? There's lots of songs about sex. Almost every song you hear on the radio or on TikTok or on YouTube is something about, ooh, baby, ooh, baby, baby, let's get it on, let's get it on all night long, forever, forever, forever. It's probably the most common topic in songwriting. So today, I am very happy to be joined by Ellen Holloway of the podcast Charting Toward Intimacy to talk about the songs about sex and what those messages are in those songs and how what they teach us about ourselves, what they teach us about love, what they teach us about our bodies, and the good, the bad, the beautiful, and the ugly in those. If you don't know who I am, my name is Mike Tenney. I am a Catholic speaker and worship leader from Washington, D.C. I spent over a decade teaching Catholic high school theology and also trying to make it big as a rock star at night. Now I'm blessed to speak thousands of people at events all over the place and leading worship all over the place. And through this show, Pop Culture Catechism, this is Pop Culture Catechism, the gospel according to pop music and movies where we plug into the media that you're plugged into so that then when we unplug and take our earbuds out, we can actually go out into the real world and know God's love and live God's love and have peace in our hearts so that we can live in a more peaceful world. I want to thank the sponsor of today's video, catholicmerch.store. Everything you buy from catholicmerch.store supports the shows here on Awaken Catholic. I also want to thank all of our patrons who support our show through popculturecatechism.com. So our goal for by the end of this episode, not only will you have an appreciation for some of the sexy songs that we've been listening to over the past decades, but also you will have a deeper sense of God's love and God's plan for our bodies and our relationships. I want to welcome to our show today, Ellen Holloway from Charting Toward Intimacy. Ellen, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Mike. I am so happy to be here. I am. Uh, I discovered you, I think, through Instagram, and you just kept posting like the titles of your episodes, and I was like, <laughs> "Ooh, that's really interesting." Ooh, that's really interesting, and. I, I've I've listened to a number of them, and, I, and I'm not I'm probably not the target demographic. I think you, no, you tend, no, tend to not. target more more towards women, <laughs> but still, it was like really interesting to like hear a women's woman's perspective on sexuality. So I think I had reached out to you at one point, and just been like, "Hey, I like what you're doing," and you had said, "Hey, I like what you're doing." So we've listened to we've kind of been fans of each other for a while. Been looking yeah. for an uh, opportunity to collaborate, and so here we are. We're going to talk about songs about sex. So I'm, I'm excited for this conversation. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, tell us a little bit about you and uh, why'd you start this show? Yeah. So I'm Ellen Holloway. I um, am a Catholic woman who's been married for several years now. And when I first got married, I was sold a bad bill of goods when it came to sex and intimacy. I had no idea 
what was going on, where to ask questions, or what was normal and what wasn't. And it was a really rocky start to getting married. And I I call it a, a come to Jesus moment, but I really had a come to Jesus moment where I was like, Jesus, you need to come to me uh, because this is awful and hard and it shouldn't be. And mm -hmm. so I told him, you tell me when, and I am going to, you know, share the truth with people. And so I started on a journey of healing my relationship with sex, um, learning more. Uh, I teach NFP as well. Um, and then I started the podcast, Charting Toward Intimacy, which focuses on, you know, expanding the conversation around Catholic sexuality, around um, just all of the topics that nobody wants to talk about. So like you mentioned, you know, some of the podcast episodes are they're, they're a little shock and awe because we really do talk about the things that no one wants to talk about from a Catholic perspective. So how to get out of a sex rut, initiating, uh, desire, shame, all of those kinds of things. I mean, from the super practical to the uh, more theological theology, of the body side of things. Yeah, I feel so often in Catholic circles we kind of start with theology like or, mm -hmm. or morality like this is what's right and this is what's wrong and those things are super important i've studied all that stuff and i'm a fan of all that stuff as well but i think there's a lack of kind of practical knowledge of you know all right it's your wedding night you're in the bedroom uh what happens now like i know the thing right. goes in the other thing but like what <laughs> beyond well, that, like and, and what happens like, like pain lubrication like cleanup mm -hmm. these are things that nobody knows and if like mm -hmm. if you're a virgin heading to your wedding night you don't know if it should or shouldn't hurt or what is the difference between pain and discomfort mm -hmm. and what does cleanup look like and the mm -hmm. fact that movies paint a completely opposite picture of what like a real good, healthy, holy sex life is. And then on top of that, like, because of the silence, we've got so many people who are just afraid of sex, scared of sex, um, don't know what to do with it. And so that creates a whole other host of issues um, when it comes to, you know, asking questions and learning and, and even just being comfortable communicating with your husband or, um, or wife <laughs> about mm -hmm. sex. Yeah, I, I feel like, um, by the way, if we haven't said this already, this is not the episode to listen to with little ears oh. around. So put in put in your earbuds if you're if you're not, uh, if you haven't already. But I, I feel like so many of those those questions are you're right. In movies, it's just, you know, one person looks at one person, they look, they kiss, they kiss some more, and all of a sudden everybody's having orgasms and they're happy and then right. they collapse kind of peacefully into bed. And I was talking to a friend and he's like, That's that's how sex always ends in movies and on TV. But in real life, how does sex always end? with cleaning up like somebody's right. got to have a towel you know and it's like towel running to the bathroom shower yeah. like mm -hmm. i mean the people in movies must be watching washing their sheets every day yes 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 so um yeah absolutely absolutely so it's it's <laughs> i'm i'm very grateful for for you and there's, i think there's a few other accounts on on instagram that are kind of doing similar things and i, I know uh femme catholic who we've mm -hmm. had on our our show for our handmaid's tale episode like they're they're doing a initiative right now it's called like you know catholic sex ed and so it's and it's about many of these sorts of questions so i'm i'm glad that they and and, and you and other um catholic pages and initiatives are starting to realize like, oh, this is a, a real need. This is something that um, 
we're not really equipping our people for. And like, where, where do you go if, if you're not finding good resources? A lot of people go to porn or a lot of people just live in shame and silence. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, it's not just for people who were virgins on their wedding night. It's also for people who, you know, maybe had some wild years or some wild experiences. Right. And then they're trying to connect in a healthy way. They're like, all right, well, you know, I hooked up with some people at, at parties, but like, how does, how does, what does sex actually look like in a marriage? What, what role is it supposed to have when it's not just kind of this hookup culture sort of thing? And that can be just as confusing for, Absolutely. for people, even if they have lots of quote unquote experience, uh, it's a, there's a big difference between experience of like physical intimacy and actual like emotional intimacy. And I find um, even, even for people who have had lots of physical experience, a lot of times the emotional side of it is like brand new and they have a, they have a hard time connecting in that way. So I think, I think your show and, and others like it are doing such a, such a service for women and for men uh, in, in helping us to have like healthy, healthy sexuality. So I highly recommend you check out Ellen's show. So uh, what, what would you say have been, have been like your, your, your episodes that people have responded really well to? Are any you know, the biggest yeah, the biggest ones that we've had are the ones where we talk about specifically licit and illicit acts and, mm, gotcha. you know, what what really the church teaches and kind of drilling down into what the church means um, mm. by the, the acts that are not licit. So like oral sex and foreplay and all that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we won't, we won't spoil it. You got to go listen to Ellen's podcast are, if you want to find Those are some that. really, really good ones. Yeah. You know, and, awesome. and I think what is missing in the world of just like Catholic, I like to call it authentically Catholic sex education. So, you know, that uh -huh. practical sex education from a Catholic foundation, what's missing is that there is no way um, for like Catholics to receive an education in sex in a moral way. So like I myself am pursuing a certificate in sex therapy right now. It is an incredibly secular program and I am having to translate everything I learn into, you know, true, good and beautiful. Um, and there doesn't exist something for therapists, for counselors, for coaches to go and, and learn about so that they can support their people, um, which is, I think, one of the hardest things. Yeah, I think that that is really hard because I've I've had some friends and so forth who have had real troubles in their sexual relationship. And so they go to a counselor or a therapist. And like a lot of times the first thing they say is like start coaching them on like masturbation and pornography. Yep. And it's like, is, really, is that is that what's going to help you have intimacy? In masturbation is relationships? the number one recommendation of any mm -hmm. sex therapist. Mm -hmm. It's terrible. <laughs> Yeah. So I, I think what you're doing is, is so needed and I, I can't wait to see what you, uh, the, the sort of things that you're, you're, you're putting out once you're, as you're learning and translating all this kind of secular sex therapy stuff. Cause I think it's, it's so, so important. So, yeah, I think a lot of times, uh, in the Catholic world and, and I think even more so in kind of the, the evangelical Christian world, this idea of purity culture that, mm. you know, basically what you, have to know about sex is like sex is pretty bad and pretty dirty. So save it for your husband or save it for your wife. And then mm -hmm. once you get married, it's just kind of whatever, but there's like all these obligations on the woman and like guys can't control themselves. There's all the, all these kind of, even if they're not explicit messages, but implicit messages that put a lot of pressure on the woman, but not that not to be sexy. But then once you're married to be totally sexual, sexually available and you know, whenever your husband wants it. And I think that has really 
impaired a lot of women and a lot of couples from having really healthy, beautiful sex lives. So uh, I think what you're doing is so, so important because a lot of people, they reject the purity culture stuff and then they just go to the hookup mm -hmm. culture stuff. And that's, that's not healthy either. Right. Right. Like, well, know, and as you mentioned, like yeah. once, once people who have kind of had a little bit more kind of promiscuous of a life before marriage, once they get married, there's still issues to work through. There's still healing that needs to yeah. be done. Um, and in some ways that healing can be even harder um, coming from that direction. I mean, to each their own, um, but it's tough. Yeah. But praise God that we have a, a good God who <laughs> makes us capable right. of, of forgiveness and healing. And uh, so anyway, I want to get into talking about some sexy songs. There were so many that we brainstormed for this. Of course, let's get it on as kind of the the quintessential sexy song. Uh, I was thinking of ACDC, You Shook Me All Night Long, Pour Some Sugar <laughs> on Me by Def Leppard. Uh, this bed is on fire with passionate love by James from uh, 1993, that album Laid, such a good album. Uh, you know, I actually Pony. don't know that song. <laughs> oh, man. You, you would recognize it if, if you heard it. Oh, okay. Um, John Mayer's Your Body is a Wonderland. Even, even going back to like the 60s with Van Morrison and Moondance, there's, there's so many like just good sexy songs when i say good like they just right they sound good they feel good they're like fun to sing along to and and, and listen to and you know there's kind of a mix of good and good and bad and beautiful and ugly in them so but what we wanted to do today is try to pick a smattering from across the last few decades and try to pick some that we thought would be good discussion starters for things that could actually help people. So we're going to kind of go back and forth. Ellen's going to pick a song. I'm going to pick a song and we'll go back and see where the conversation leads us. So Ellen, why don't you tell us about your first song that you chose, your first sexy song? All right. This song, I love this song. And it's just so funny because it's so out of my typical genre uh -huh. of songs that I love. But the first song I picked was My House by Flo Rida. Welcome to my house, baby, take control now. We can't even slow down. We don't have to go out. Welcome to my house, play that music too loud. Show me what you do now. We don't have to go out, yeah. Welcome to my house. Flo Rida is so good. Like he's like, I kind of feel like he and Megan the Stallion are kind of in the same category for me where it's like all their songs are talking about like pretty terrible stuff, but like, man, they got a good flow and man, they got a good beat. It's just like fun to listen to, you know, <laughs> man, you know, you know how I was introduced to this song was, uh, from the movie bad moms and they mm. close out the movie with this song. And I was like, that song is amazing. I need to listen to it now. Um, uh all right. So when, when you listen to this song, what, what messages about sex are coming through, you think? So funnily enough, <laughs> I found out about this song. I loved it. And then I threw out learning about this song. This was really during my transition of learning about sex, learning to appreciate sex. Um, 2015 was before I got married. That's when the song came out. Um, I probably heard it not that long after it came out. Um, and so at first I was just like, this song is awful. I need to, I need to not like this song. I need to shove this song away and never listen to it ever because, um, you know, we've, we've got this guy singing about like, oh, you know, welcome, you know, come on in babe, like take your clothes off. Let's have sex. And I was just like, this is, mm -hmm. this is the worst song ever. And then through my transition um 
in healing my relationship with sex and and learning the goodness of, of sex. And then also Christopher West helped me out a little bit in just like being able to take songs and flip the script of them in my head mm -hmm. of what they're really ultimately singing about. So now when I hear, you know, welcome to my house, um, you know, or like, Hey, you got to stay in and you know where I live. And you know what we is, and and you you got to stay in here. I hear Jesus telling me, "Hey, welcome to my house. I'm so glad you're here. Come, mm. stay, relax, like pop the champagne. Let's celebrate because you're here with me." That's what I hear when I hear this song. <laughs> you know, it's 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 interesting. I think that can that can count sound kind of uh, cheesy to some people, and you know, like worship mm -hmm. songs. Kind of, kind of the critique of a lot of worship songs is you you just replace baby with Jesus, and then it's a worship song. Uh, and <laughs> I mean, that can be kind of cheesy, but I th also think you're right. Like, there's some kind of if when you look at it through that lens, there's kind of some scriptural stuff here. Like the the, the song of songs, or sometimes it's called the song of Solomon. There's this uh, that which is um, it's a love poem in the Bible in the Old Testament between a, a bridegroom and his bride and it's supposed to represent the relationship between god and his people israel or for us christians we would rep we would say between god and his people the church and there is this whole passage about like come my love come mm -hmm. like unlock the uh, unlock the door like open the gate to me and allow me to come in and like you're there's a there's a sense of like safety and belonging and like this is this is where you belong and this is where you are so i, I love because at one level welcome to my house baby take control now we can't even slow down we don't have to go out play that music too loud show me what you do now um morning comes and you know you want to stay close the blinds less for time that, that that time it has changed like there's a certain element you could read it as like okay we met at the club and now you're coming to my house and we're going to have like a one night stand but what is that really the the desires in our hearts there are really speaking to this desire to be seen, loved, known, sheltered, like mm -hmm. protected, and uh, like be safe, even though we're very vulnerable. You know, he says, keep our clothes on the floor, open up the champagne. Like there's who doesn't want to be naked without shame? Who doesn't want right. to like have someone who sees you with with all your warts and everything, but still totally love you and accept you? Like really, that's that that's like a deep desire in all of our hearts is to be totally seen and totally known and totally loved and accepted. And I think that's what sex speaks to our hearts. And like a song like this, again, I think it can sound cheesy, like, Oh, you're just replacing right. baby with Jesus. But I, I think you're right. I think you're right. Well, um, and I love, I love the last verse of this song really when it's, it's like, yeah, morning comes and you know, you want to stay close the blinds. Let's pretend time has changed. Keep our clothes on the floor, open up champagne. Let's continue tonight. Come on, celebrate. Like there is this allure that we have as humans for this, like this deep love that doesn't want to stop, mm. um, that wants to continue no matter what. And, and what you said of like, wants to remain naked, um, fully open to each other. That's what I see nakedness as is just like full openness, um, come, you know, coming fully. And I just, I just love the end of that, of really what they're, what they're getting at is this, this deep longing of the human heart that we all have to like, I, I, I want, I want you to stay because I love you and I want to be with you always. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. 
Yeah, and even even the the champagne, like there's the intoxication of love, mm-hmm. and even like the imagery of like bubbles and like popping and exploding and like pouring like that's very sexual imagery and again if you read the song of songs that's all in there like there's there's uh five and seven chapters five and seven by the way in the song of songs are like the really spicy ones yes uh and so I'll, i'll read a little bit here so uh this is the bride speaking about the bridegroom um his eyes are like doves beside streams of water bathing in milk sitting in brimming pools his cheeks are like bed of spices uh, his lips are lilies that drip flowing myrrh. So like dripping, wet, yeah, like flowing, dripping like, wet like, lips. Yeah. <laughs> his arms are rods of gold adorned with gems. His loins, a work of ivory. I just, <laughs> like, oh my gosh, that line is just, woo-hoo. I would his, like that framed and like have it in the background <laughs> of me when I record podcast episodes. That'd be awesome. His loins, a work of ivory, covered with sapphires. His legs, pillars of alabaster, resting on golden pedestals. His stature, imposing as the Lebanon cedar. It's like, man, <laughs> what man doesn't want his woman to describe his stature as imposing as Ooh. the Lebanon cedars? Del- he is sweet. His mouth is sweetness itself, delightful in every way. Such is my lover and such is my friend. Like, I love that, my lover and my friend. Because like, I think... There's such a dichotomy so often in pop culture of like, oh, we're more than friends or no, we're, we're not friends or maybe we're just friends just using each other. Maybe we're just like sex buddies or, or something like that. Um, but that idea that in Christian intimacy, not only is there this desire in, in eroticism, but there is a real friendship there and mm-hmm. that doesn't get in the way of sex like that. Those two things help each other and support each other. Um, since we're here talking about the Psalm of Psalms, we might as well talk about the groom's description of <laughs> the bride. Your curving thighs like jewels, the product of skilled hands. Your valley is a round bowl. Your valley, quote unquote. I love that should it. never should never lack mixed wine. So again, there's that intoxication, that that alcohol symbolism. It's not that different from Flowrider. In fact, it's actually like way more explicit than Flowrider. Right? Oh my gosh. They're like so, really they really get into it. <laughs> Your mouth like the best wine that flows down smoothly, gliding over my lips and teeth. Like, yeah, there's some really <laughs> sexy stuff. Your very form resembles a date palm in your breasts clusters. Let me climb the date palm. Let me take hold of the branches. <laughs> let your breasts be like clusters of the vine and the fragrance of your breath like apples. Like, right, like let me touch uh, you me- everywhere. Let me have uh-huh. all of you. Let, please come to mm-hmm. me open, right? Leave your clothes uh-huh. on the floor. That's That's what the groom just told her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-huh. It makes me think of uh, that Steve Miller band song, the uh, the the Joker, where he's like, uh, "You're the sweetest thing that I ever did see. Really love your peaches, want to shake your tree." It's like <laughs> that's exactly. I he the song took that songs. from the song of songs for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, and I'm also thinking of um, the boys to men. I'll make love to you. It's like leave your clothes on the floor. I'm gonna yeah. take my clothes off too. Like there's, there's just so many songs that make me think of this. Oh man, you know we should have yeah. talked about the the like it's getting hot in here by uh-huh. Nelly. Man, that would have been a good one to talk about. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> All right. So uh, anything else about my house before we move on? No, I don't think so. I, I think okay. that's good. so. So my number one, uh, my, my pick number one is Usher from 1997, Nice and Slow. I just want to take it nice and slow. 
I've been waiting for this for so long We're making love until the sun comes up Baby, I just wanna take it nice and slow by the way, if you haven't ever, listeners, if you haven't ever seen Usher's Tiny Desk Concert at NPR, he starts with this song. I don't know if he starts, but it's in the, and this song is just so good. Like the falsetto and everything. Like, man, go go watch that. It's really good. Um, but I love this song. And the reason I wanted to talk about it is so often, I think especially in a pornified culture and in kind of a, a culture where male sexuality has kind of set the tone for like what we expect sex and sexiness to be in pop culture. He talks about going nice and slow, which I think is more something that tends to be, tends to be something that, that women seem to want with sex. Like men kind of our, our natural approach tends to be like, all right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. And we're going for it. And ah, get it in, get it out. That was great. Yeah. I had, I had a professor in college one time who was explaining uh-huh. an assignment and he was like, this is really just not that hard of an assignment. Just get it, get in, get out, get, make sure you nail it. And the <laughs> class erupted, just totally lost it. <laughs> yeah. But for women, I mean, this is even like bio, biologically the way women work. Women are more, they say men are like a light switch. Women are like a crock pot. Like they take a while to heat up and they take a while to, to, to cool down. Whereas men, it's kind of like, Oh, you're off and, and, and you're on and you're off. And John Paul II, who was our Pope two popes ago, who wrote the theology of the body, which is kind of modern church teaching on sex. He talks about this in his book, love and responsibility, Mm -hmm. how for the man, part of developing virtue in his relationship with his wife is learning to like slow down and slow down the reactions of his body, which is like really hard, by the way. <laughs> it's like not that easy. Um, and uh, it, 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 takes, it takes virtue, it takes practice, and to, to try to, to match the arousal curve of the woman and really learn that for her, you know, it's not always just going to be like, hey, you look sexy, I look sexy, uh, let's go do it. Because I think, I think for men, um, if... Like you need, I've often heard that like men need a reason not to have sex. Like the default is like, yeah, let's have sex. Let's have it all the time. Whereas like women need a reason to have sex. And again, these are generalities. Yeah. Um, But I love that. But it's like, yeah. So like women, and maybe you can speak to this probably better than I can, but uh, I I know a lot of times women need, like they need to not feel stressed. They need to go take a bath. Maybe they need a back rub. Maybe need to put some music on and some candles. Whereas for guys, it's like, I don't need candles. I don't need a back rub. Like, (laughs) let's just let's just go for it you know right oh my gosh Um, well the way the woman's brain works it just um it it makes you know immediate turn on a little bit more difficult because our brain is wired to have lots of things on our mind at one time whereas the male Mm. brain is wired to have one thing on the mind at time um and there you know you could go back evolutionarily and and kind of see why that's helpful um but when it comes to sex, like what women have to learn how to do is, is like calm all of the thoughts down and, and let allow there to be space for arousal in your brain. You actually have to kind of set everything to the side and it's hard. <laughs> yeah. So what is, um, you don't have to answer anything if it's too personal, but like, what, what does that look like? Say like, so say a woman is here listening and she's like, huh, 
I don't know how to, I don't know how to do that. Or maybe there's a husband listening. Who's like, how do I help my wife do that? Like, wh- what are, what are some advice you would give to a, a couple who the man's like, I, d- I just don't understand why my wife doesn't want to have sex all the time and why she can't just do it like that. And the woman's like, I don't understand why I can't just be like my husband and who's just turned on and he just sees me and is ready to go. And like, I love my husband and I think he's attractive, but like, uh, my, my arousal doesn't work that way. Like what, what advice would you have for a couple in that situation? Oh my gosh. I get this question all the time. And actually I talk a lot about this in one of the most recent courses that I created, which is called the orgasm course. Um, mm. it's literally Sounds for great. women, right? It, and it's practical <laughs> sex education, but from a Catholic foundation, um, and there's theology sprinkled in there too. But, um, I think, and I have a lot more advice in there. I don't want to take up like an hour talking about <laughs> But um, I think one of the the biggest things is recognizing that distraction will happen for the woman. There is no way to shut off distraction and not getting angry at yourself when you do have a thought that pops into your head, like not getting frustrated with that thought. Because if you get frustrated with that thought and you're like, why can't I just focus right now and think about sex? Why, why do these thoughts about what I need to pack for lunch and who needs new, uh, clean uniforms and whatever, why do these keep popping in my head? As soon as you start getting angry at yourself, you're going to be out of the mood immediately. And so you need to be able to just recognize that the thought pops into your head and say, okay, thanks very much. Don't need you right now. I'm just going to set you to the side. Um, and like for some thoughts that might mean like, keep a notebook next to your bed and just be like, I'm so sorry, hon, I got to write something down. And then I will be right. Like, I just, (laughs) if I can get this off of my head, then I can be focused. I know that sounds ridiculous. You are laughing right now, but it's so true. And then the other one that I love, if, if you're like a little further into foreplay and actually, uh, writing something down would be very invasive is legitimately ask your guardian angel to remind you about it. And they will. They totally will because sex is good. And the angels are like praising God when you are having good, healthy, holy sex with your husband. Mm. (laughs) Love it. That's, that's hilarious and also very helpful. (laughs) It's so true though. Like your guardian angel will remind you. Wow. That's really interesting. So my like that as as a man that's just like not how my brain works yeah. you know like uh so that 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 is like kind of hard for me to understand although i be- i believe you you know and I, I trust you that that's that's true for women or at least for many women um but that description of having distractions knowing distractions are going to come and as they come instead of fixating on them and beating yourself up just kind of letting them go and just kind of waving to them as they go by just yeah. like hi I, I acknowledge you okay refocus that is exactly how like the mystics of the church teach you how to like meditate and do like mystical contemplation. There so if you ever so study, like, much connection between yeah, sex so like Saint Ignatius Loyola, Saint Teresa of Avila, Saint John of the Cross, like when they if you do their like methods of contemplation and 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 meditation, that's one of the things that they say is like expect like you're supposed to be focusing on this one thing. There's there's this centering type of centering prayer. That's not just in Christianity, but 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 Catholicism has a very rich tradition of it, um, especially in the Orthodox Church. There's this thing called the Jesus Prayer, where it's like you breathe in, mm-hmm. Jesus, Son of God, and you breathe out, have mercy on me, a sinner. And you're supposed to just focus on that one thing. And what they say is you're gonna get distractions sometimes, and as they come, like just don't let it throw off your your your, your mojo. Just kind of wave to it, and then you refocus on 
you know, Jesus, son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And it, the, just the way you described it is exactly how, when I've, when I've been teaching students uh, how it's like to pray and how to focus and how to clear your mind, like that is exactly the advice I give them. So it's, it's really interesting that there's this crossover between being in the moment with your husband and being in the moment with God and, and, and clearing your mind. That's, that's really cool. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I, there's just, I mean, you look at the song of songs, right. And it being first and foremost, love poetry between a husband and wife. And then secondarily, it's this allegory for God's love for us. And, and we can do the, you know, we, we can go the other direction with, um, you know, all these songs that we're talking about here of seeing like the truth that's behind them. And, and in fact, I mean, as, as cheesy as it feels sometimes, like truly, you know, we're singing about Jesus or Jesus is singing to us in these songs in, in some sense. And how, if we can do that with the song of songs, how could we not recognize that sex and prayer are so similar and, and mm. sex is a prayer in so many respects as well. Um, but just that like human nature, like if we're trying to get super, super close to a person in sex, that's exactly what we're trying to do in prayer. We're trying to get really, really close, as close as possible to a person, to Jesus. Um, and so, I mean, we're kind of doing the same thing and, and sex can, we can learn about prayer and about relationship with God through sex. Um, and then also on the flip side, we can learn about sex from our relationship with God, but mm. we always have to make sure that we're not, you know, we're not imposing like our human relationships on top of God, of course. Yeah. Um, but it's that whole, it's that whole, um, imaging of, of the relationship of husband and wife images the relationship that God wants to have with us. And it also images the Trinity. And so we see this imagery um, and we have to dig in as deep as sex. And a lot of times we don't want to because it's kind of taboo to talk about or it's uncomfortable or we've been taught incorrect things. But mm. as we dig in to the sexual relationship more, we get closer to God and we learn more about how much he cares about us. So uh, it's, it's so interesting to hear you talk about the interaction and the overlap between prayer and sexuality, because one in Catholic teaching, sex is part of the sacrament of marriage, you know, mm -hmm. and, and marriage is not just a sacrament. So a sacrament of these, these like rituals and symbols that we have that we as Catholics believe are not just a representation of some spiritual gift from God, but they actually are a physical way of communicating them. So we believe like the water at baptism, it actually like cleanses you of sin. It's not just a representation of God <laughs> cleansing you of sin. When you receive the, the bread and wine at mass, that becomes, it doesn't just represent Jesus's body and blood. It actually in some strange, mysterious, mystical way becomes Jesus's real body and blood that you bring into your body. In the same way, a marriage, it doesn't just represent your commitment to each other. It actually is your commitment to each other. And it's renewed that commitment is renewed through sexuality. We say mm -hmm. that sex, sexual intercourse consummates the wedding vows. Like, so every time a couple comes together in sexual intimacy, you're supposed to be renewing your vows that I will love you 
fully, totally, faithfully, fruitfully, like we could have a child. Oh, we, you know, I'm totally faithful to you. I give myself totally to you, not giving anything back. I do it completely freely with no coercion. Like those, those, that's supposed to be what you're saying with your body. And so it's, it's not just your marriage is not something that happened once, uh, you know, a few years ago, it's something that is continuing to happen and you still have access to those graces every day. And especially through, the sacrament of uh, through the act of sex like that is the sacrament renewed it's like going to in some ways it's kind of like going to receive the eucharist again and going to confession again mm -hmm. like it is a renewal of that grace and can be an avenue of grace the other thing that i was thinking is what you were describing for a woman who's having trouble kind of getting in the mood or or, or finding hard time having motivation for sex it's actually very similar to the way that a lot of people describe struggling to have a prayer life because so many people say, I just don't have time for it. I've, I've, I've so many other things going on. It's like, I, I can't focus or I can't, you know, it's, just, it's very similar. Oh my gosh. So Mike, I've for, heard those for, same sentences from my female clients. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh -huh. exactly. And so, well, and, and what's, what's interesting is in church teaching, all of us are in a quote unquote kind of feminine relationship when it comes to God, because God is the bridegroom and we are his bride as members of the church, like the, ch the church, the members of the church, we are his bride. And so even though like I'm a man in my relationship to God, I'm supposed to like kind of, kind of be the, 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 the bride in some sense. And so just kind of recognizing that when it comes to sex, women have this way of thinking and just way of being that they really need to set aside time and be very intentional about their openness to intimacy with their husband me as a man and all of us, if we want that intimacy with God, even though we love God, to really have intimacy with him, we really need to be intentional about creating space in mm -hmm. our lives for him to draw close to us and for him to, um, this might sound a weird word to use, but to penetrate us, right? Yeah. To really allow his love into us. And it's not just something that happens, but it really takes practice. It's, it's, it's a skill that needs to be cultivated to set everything else aside and be open to intimacy with God. Um, and it sounds so, like that's Mike, would something. You yeah, yeah, sorry. Sorry. Would you say that during prayer, you experience that distraction that I kind of talked about with arousal with women? 100%. And I have I a notebook when I pray. <laughs> oh my gosh. I had never thought about, I mean, you are just, oh man, I'm going to run with this on my next podcast episode. Awesome. Um, good, good. You are shout just out, opening, Shout out Pop Culture Catechism. <laughs> yeah. You're opening up so many like truths here um, of, yeah, that feminine posture of receptivity that we as humans are to be in front of God. And wow, like, all of us as humans experience the same thing that women experience when it comes to sex. Beautiful. I'm just, wow. I'm, I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I, I want to move on to your next pick. Uh, I'm so glad you picked this next song because I love salt and pepper. If you're not familiar with early nineties rap, like salt and pepper, my, my favorite is shoop. And actually that's one of my, that's one of my oh, regular karaoke songs when I'm doing one. karaoke, like, <laughs> Shoop is like a standard of my, me and my friend Paul would often do that. So anyway, but you, you chose, let's talk about sex, which, which makes sense, but anyway, I couldn't uh, not. Tell us, I... <laughs> yeah. So tell us about this song. Okay. So I just, I mean, like, it feels like about a hundred times they say the words, 
let's talk about sex. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that could be. Let's talk about sex. Let's talk about sex. And I just think that there is something so true and good that they are getting at. We have early 90s. We just had, you know, the sexual revolution of the 60s and 70s. And now culturally, there's like this weird dichotomy of this, there's this backlash happening of like, oh, maybe that was too much. But then at the same time, there's like, but we got to keep going. Um, and so what, what they're talking about in this song is they're like, we got to talk about sex and nobody wants to talk about it. And they're not even going to play this song on the radio because we're talking about sex. I just love that part of the song. And it's like, mm -hmm. it's so true. And I, I love that, like, I love that truth here and, and the desire for like, we should be talking about sex in good and healthy ways. Now, I don't think they do that in this song, but there is a good desire there of wanting to, to bring it to the light and not have sex shrouded by shame. Yeah. And, and what's, what's interesting is that this is not just a tendency within like purity culture and conservative people like the like that fear around sex and not talking about it like it happens just as much in, in hookup culture there's uh a female comedian i'm for, forgetting her name because it just like came up while i was like mindlessly scrolling youtube but she was talking about like hookup culture and dating and whatever and one of the jokes that she made was all right i'm on a date with this guy and i know that things aren't really working out i'm probably not going to see him again but what she said, and this is like really crude, but she said, but I'm better at blowjobs than confrontation. And <laughs> wow, what she meant is yeah. to get rid of this guy, I'd rather just suck him off than actually have a hard conversation where I like, I have to express myself and, and put him down. And when we talk about consent and when we talk uh, and the importance of consent, like how like everybody laughed when she said that but like my heart just broke for that girl because i know so many people men and women who have you know lost their virginity i, I don't really like that phrase lost your virginity because mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't think it's like something you, you lose you necessarily yeah. like you can't get it can't get it back or whatever but just have have gone way further than they wanted to with someone not because they wanted to but because they just didn't know how to say no they didn't know how to have an honest conversation yeah. they didn't know how to talk about sex because nobody talked to them about sex right maybe they had one conversation with their parents where their parents were like yeah and this is how it works and you know don't do it and that was it. And there's such a taboo, not just in conservative circles, but in so many circles, just, I think it's just part of human nature because it's, 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 it's such a sensitive topic that so many people, it, again, even if they've had lots of physical experiences of being physically intimate, the emotional side of it, being able to talk about it and process it is we're really missing that skill, I think, as a society. And that's one of the, I think, yeah. beautiful things that has come out of the sexual revolution, as you say, is like, yeah, we're able to talk about sex. Let's talk about it, <laughs> okay? Yeah. Um, there's a, a song by uh, Ella May called Boot Up that came out a few years ago. And in the chorus, she's like, ooh, you're like doing me so good. I don't even got to tell you what to do. And it's like, Okay, well, that's nice that you guys have like have a certain amount of like nonverbal communication, but 
actually like a, the only way you get to that really, <laughs> unless you just like got lucky, you know, and he happened right. to do the thing that you like, like the real way you get to that is through lots of communication and lots of talking. And, and like, that's, that's what makes really good sex, you know, um, is lots of talking about it and communicating. And I feel like I'm constantly banging that drum of like, you have to talk about these things. You have to share these thoughts with your husband. You have to share that what he's doing isn't working. You have to share what he's doing is working. Like I am constantly talking about like, look, you've got to talk about sex. I want to take this song and like rewrite a cover to it and just have it be my theme song. Um, because I just, <laughs> I love the premise. Like, like let's talk about sex because like we need to, I, there's another line in here that I just, I really, really love. Let's tell it how it is and how it could be, how it was. And of course, how it should be like, I mean, that's, I just, I love that. So there, there's this place where she, the, I think it's in the second verse where she's talking about this lady who's like super hot and there's nobody she can't get with, uh, you know, lawyers, doctors, no one was too great for her to get with or even mess with. The Prez said she was next on, on her list. Um, there ain't a man alive that she couldn't get next to. She had it all in the bag. So she should have been glad, but she was mad and sad, feeling bad, thinking about the things that she never had. No love, just sex. Followed next with a check and a note um, that last night was dope, but it was it, like she was just having all this sex, but there was nothing deeper, right? Like yeah. she could have had sex with anybody she wanted, but there was th there, there's something missing there. And I think in a culture which is trying to reject some of the bad things about purity culture and now they want to be very sex positive like yeah i want to be sex positive too but you got to be sex smart also right like right because you can just as you can be just as as ignorant and like stifled up inside and filled with shame hooking up with people all the time or hooking up with your boyfriend or girlfriend you can be just as filled with like shame and dysfunction as you know purity culture somebody who thinks their their body is bad and everything they do is bad so i think i think you don't escape that by going from purity culture to hookup culture like there's a there's right. a third way which is like yes the body yes the soul yes commitment yes mm -hmm. intimacy and it's not just like everything goes or nothing goes you know there's a difference between right. the starvation diet and the fast food diet which is like a healthy diet and that's that's what catholic teaching is at least that's what i found it to be so absolutely Stealing a little bit from Christopher West there. He's a, he's a friend of the show. He's been on, but he's on, been on this show. I've been on yeah, no, show, I, rec so I recognize very, that. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm very indebted to him for a lot of my, my thoughts on this. All right. Uh, can we move on? Are we, are we good? I with think let's so, talk about yeah. sex? All right. So we'll continue to talk about sex, but new songs. This one, if you grew up in the nineties, you know, cause this, this was, uh, like, this is just a song that people loved, but I don't think it's, it's come back around. Not a lot of people know it, although it was in an episode of this is us. So maybe some people know it from this, but this is by the band <laughs> counting crows. It's called Anna begins. Then I start to think about the consequences and I don't get no sleep in a quiet room And this time when kindness falls like rain It washes me away And Dana begins to change my mind And every time she sneezes I believe it's love and oh Lord I'm not ready for this sort of thing She's talking in her sleep It's keeping me awake And Dana begins 
to toss and turn And every word is nonsense But I understand And oh Lord I'm not ready for this sort of thing And I love this song Because it just very excellently captures the heart of a young man who's like got all these hormones and got all these feelings and like trying to be a man and trying to trying to you know live his life and be awesome but also like recognizing that like oh like the heart of this woman like i'm not really treating her right like there's (laughs) there's something that like all these emotions in me this desire to like be with her and love her like that's it's there's there's more to it than that so i want to read a couple lyrics from here it's a beautiful song if you've never listened to this song it's just like heartbreaking um so he says my friend assures me that it's all or nothing but i'm not worried i'm not overly concerned um he says i'm gonna wrap her up in a package of lies and send her off to a coconut island but i'm not worried i'm not overly concerned like he's kind of like all right so i can just do this do this sexy stuff like you know i can i can just say whatever to her um but then he started, then there's like a turn at the pre-chorus. He says, this isn't love. Cause if you don't want to talk about it, then it isn't love. Right. There's that Oof. again, reluctance to talk about sex. Um, and he's like, I guess I'm going to have to live with that, but I'm sure there's a shade of gray here or something in between. Like, I'm like, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. Like, look, we're just having fun. Like, look, you like me. I like you. Like we can just have sex. Um, then he says, uh, or she says to him, if it's love, then we're going to have to think about the consequences and Mm. she can't stop shaking and I can't stop touching her. And this time when kindness falls like rain, it washes her away and Anna begins to change her mind. These seconds when I'm shaking, leave me shuddering for days. She says that line, where the woman says to her, these seconds when I'm shaking, leave me shuddering for days like this for her. It's not just this like moment of awesomeness. Like, it leaves her shuddering for days. And then the last line after that is, I'm not ready for this sort of thing. He says, but I'm not going to break. I'm not going to worry about it anymore. Um, it seems like I should say as long as this is love, but it's not all that easy. So, and we hear this all the time where people say, oh, well, as long as you really love each other, right? Then you can have sex. Like, well, I'm not just hooking up with whoever. It's my boyfriend. It's my girlfriend, right? And we really love each other. Quotes around the word, really what mm-hmm. is real love it's not just real strong emotions right there's a there's, there's something deeper there's a sacrifice and a commitment that goes on with it okay and then as the song goes he says and this time when kindness falls like rain it washes me away and anna begins to change my mind and every time she sneezes i believe it's love and oh lord i'm not ready for this sort of thing she's talking in her sleep it's keeping me awake anna begins to toss and turn and every word is nonsense but i understand it all I'm not ready for this sort of thing. Like He's sitting there in bed next to her. She's tossing in her sleep. She's sneezing. And every time he's like, yeah, I love this girl. But he like, it's keeping him awake. And he's just thinking about all the consequences. He's like, you're right. I'm not ready for this. I'm not ready for this level of intimacy. Um, her kindness bangs a gong. It's moving me along. And Anna begins to fade away. It's chasing me away. She disappears. And oh, Lord, I'm not ready for this sort of thing. I don't think it's a coincidence that he ends with, oh, Lord, I'm not ready for this sort of thing. And I think so many people have had the experience because we live in a pornified culture of, all right, I'm in love. All right, we're going for it. We're doing it. And then they realize like, whoa, sex is like way bigger and way deeper. Maybe maybe it's not just after the first time. Maybe it's after they've been in a relationship for a while. All of a sudden, people start to realize, wow, there's a toll to this. There's an emotional toll and a psychological toll 
maybe I'm not ready for this sort of thing. And so I just, I love this song because it, it just so speaks to a young man's heart who just like, he wants it so bad. He wants this intimacy, intimacy so bad. And like, it'll, it'll make him feel validated, make him feel wanted. Like, like, is there anything more validating for a young man than for a woman to really want him? But then he realized like there, there's more to it than that. I'm really not ready yeah. for this sort of thing. So anyway, go listen to Anna Begins by Counting Crows. It'll break your heart. It breaks my heart every time. It's such a beautiful song. Yeah. I, I was just thinking about the line, you know, these seconds when I'm shaking, leave me shuddering for days, you know, that they're talking about not being ready for this intimacy, you know, premaritally. Mm -hmm. But when I heard that, I thought about women like myself who had been, had really shut sex out of their lives and then got married. And it was like, suddenly sex is on the table and it's supposed to be good and holy, but I am terrified of it. I think it's dirty and, and gross. And I, I can relate to that thought process of like, I, I felt like I was suddenly dirty and gross after being married and having sex. And that like, I was, yeah, I was shuddering for days of like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm doing this. I can't believe I like there, there's something I, I shouldn't be doing this. Um, and like, that's I've, just I've heard, I've had several female friends tell me that same thing where it's like, all right, we're married. And like, all of a sudden this is okay. But like, you can't just switch your brain. Yeah. You know? No, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> uh, it's just, it's, so we it, should just be, we should just be sleeping with our boyfriends the whole way up. Right. And that'll help you get over it. No, no, that would, uh, <laughs> that would not help. <laughs> But I feel like that's what a lot of people would say, right? Right. Absolutely. Get over it. It's not a big deal. Just go for it. Well, and I think, I mean, I think what we're really missing here is what I'm trying to do, which is bringing this conversation to the light in a good, healthy, and holy way so that, you know, women, I, I, I work with a lot of women who are engaged and who reach out and they're like, oh my gosh, I, I found your podcast and I like blush every time I listen to an episode and I'm like, okay, let's talk one-on-one. -on -one. Like, let me, let me have a couple of months with you before you get married, because then we can work through this discomfort and, um, just fear of sex. And also this like disdain sometimes of sex of just thinking it's just this awful, awful thing. Um, and start to bring it to the light, start to get comfortable talking about it and recognize its goodness and its beauty. Yeah. And I, I, again, I, I want to emphasize that that is a journey for many women and not just the women who are, who are quote unquote virgins who have not had a lot of physical experience. Like that is also the experience of, of many women who, and, and some men who have had lots of physical experiences, but they're trying to, they're trying to leave mm -hmm. that hookup culture behind. And so for some, sometimes for people in those situations, there's even more of a divide. Like sure, that's how yeah. it was before. That was like my wicked and wild years, you know, like I can't, I, that, that was, that was my slutty years, quote unquote, you know, like that's how some would describe it. I'm not advocating the use of that word, but just that's how some people would, would describe it. Mm -hmm. And now I've like found a good guy. Now I'm in a healthy relationship. And so in some ways, it can almost be like somebody who had uh, struggled with uh, proper use of alcohol, and now they're trying to figure out how to drink healthy again. Like it's a lot easier to just go cold turkey and be like, "All right, well, I'm not going to drink anymore." Mm -hmm. If you've had a problem with alcohol before, it's really hard to have a moderation. And I think the same is true of sex. If you really struggled before, 
and now you're trying to have a healthy relationship with it and not just write it off entirely. That, that sometimes can be the harder journey for people. Can I tell you a story about a, a client of mine? Please. She started taking my orgasm course that I had mentioned and she had shared with me, well, it took me a long time to convince her to take the orgasm course. Um, <laughs> I just love that that's a thing. <laughs> that's beautiful. <laughs> Sorry, continue. She had told me that, you know, prior to marriage, she had had, you know, kind of what, you know, her, her promiscuous years or whatever. Yeah. That's a better word for it. Yeah. And, and then within marriage, um, she could not come to climax and she had told herself for like 15 years that that was just her punishment for her promiscuous years. Wow. I, my heart wow. just broke for her. And I was like, no, that is not how it's supposed to be. But her, no. her brain was telling her that. And our, what we think informs our body, like 100%. I talk about mindset probably more often than almost anything else with, um, you know, on, on the podcast that I do and, and with my clients. And it just, she had, she had just convinced herself that she no longer deserved to experience the ultimate pleasure and the ultimate unity of sex with her husband in, in a good, holy relation a marriage, sacramental marriage. She had convinced herself that she no longer deserved that. Wow. Well, I'm glad she took your course and <laughs> we'll, we'll pray for her. I hope right? she, she's doing better because I, I, again, I think I said at the beginning that I'm so grateful that healing is possible, that God gave us the forgiveness for anything, right? Like we can always be forgiven. And even speaking on like a biological, like physiological level, like we can make new pathways in our brains, right? Like mm -hmm. the, there's neuroplasticity in the brain. Like just because you've been thinking one way for a long time, decades even, that doesn't mean that you can't start to form new pathways. It doesn't mean you can't start to heal. And I think that's a beautiful confluence of, you know, psychology and neurobiology and our faith is that real healing is possible. So listeners, if you're out there and you're hearing all this stuff and there's been some, maybe some despondency and some lack of hope in your heart surrounding sex and just, you know, it, it, with, with a husband or a wife or a boyfriend or a girlfriend, and you're just wondering like, how can I ever move forward? I don't think I'm ever going to move past this. I just need you to know that there is hope there. We, we are a people of hope as Christians. That's what we believe. And God has made us capable of healing. And so don't give up hope. Keep praying. Keep searching out people like Ellen, um, you know, good friends, people who know about this stuff. And, and don't be tricked by the hookup culture. Don't be tricked by the people that say, oh, you watch porn and you figure out what vibrator works for you and then you'll be good to go. Like there's something deeper to it. And so Ellen, I just want to thank you so much for doing what you do, because <laughs> I know that there are so many couples out there, men and women that are benefiting from what you do. And that's why I wanted to have you on the show and let my <laughs> listeners hear what you have to say. So, um, I always, at the end of our episodes, I ask my, um, guess if there's like a kind of one takeaway that they would from our conversation that they would want to share. Do you have kind of one thing that you're left with thinking at the end of this episode? You know, what's really on my mind is just that these songs that I think a lot of times we just shut out and we're like, ah, oh, we shouldn't be listening to these songs. We shouldn't be enjoying them. Um, there's, there's absolute truth in these songs. Um, and, and I think it's important for us, it's important for us to listen to them and seek out that truth, um, and, and run with them too. And just recognize that like, 
you know, these artists who are writing these songs, um, they're digging into something deep. Um, and, and they can help us along the journey. You know, I think, um, if, if you're feeling like, like, yeah, yeah, if you're hearing some of this stuff and you're like, Whoa, man, um, like let the songs lead you there. Let, let good music take you to God. Mm, Amen. (laughs) I think my final thought is just, I'm so struck by that idea that as the bride of Christ, we as members of the church are the bride of Christ and that the way that many women's brains work and having to kind of create space and cultivate this openness and this calmness and be able to put aside distractions and wave to them as they go by to be able to have openness and intimacy with their husband, that that is something that God has written in all of our hearts with Mm. God. And so for me, I'm really convicted to take that to prayer because my prayer life is always up and down and all over the place. And sometimes I'm <laughs> yeah. praying. my prayer life is great. And other times it's like pretty. So, uh, that is my conviction today is I'm going back to the notebook. I'm going to try to cultivate an openness. Um, might be weird to say foreplay with God, <laughs> you know, I, I think you but, could <laughs> <laughs> in a spiritual sense. Don't get weird with it. Listeners. Yeah. Don't get it. Twisted, Don't get weird. Okay. Don't get weird. <laughs> I'm going to try to try to open myself up to God and let his, uh, let him, let them in, you know, in a, a more consistent, regular way so that I can have deeper intimacy um, with the God that loves me. So that's my takeaway. Ellen, oftentimes at the end of my episodes, I ask my guests if they would pray for us and for the listeners, just reflecting on everything that we've talked about. Would you be willing to pray for us? Absolutely. All right, listeners, wherever you are, let's take a moment and let's pray. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this conversation And thank you so much for the truth that you have planted in our hearts, this truth that sometimes gets twisted, um, but this truth that we can still find everywhere, everywhere in our culture, in the songs that we listen to, in the movies that we watch, in the books that we read. But help help us to identify that truth, help us to seek out that truth and help us to follow that truth and help that truth lead ultimately to you. And we pray all of this in your name, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And in a special way, I want to invite all my listeners, if anything that we have talked about has really touched your hearts, I really encourage you to, uh, one, share this with somebody else who you think that this would help them. But two, go check out what Ellen is doing at Charting Toward Intimacy because it is so, so important for women, for men, for our church. Please check it out and just know that if you have struggled with this and there is so much shame and hurt in your heart, just know that the abundant love of God is there for you. There is peace. There is hope. We don't have to continue to live in shame. You are good. You are beautiful. God loves you. And uh, we are praying for you. And I just want to invite you to, you know, if you, if you have that discomfort and that shame and that, that within your heart, use that as an invitation to mm-hmm. go deeper. And maybe it starts by listening to Ellen's show. Maybe it starts um, by finding a, a therapist or a spiritual director or going to mass, who knows, but I encourage you to uh, take it to prayer and let this be the beginning of the next chapter for you. Ellen, thank you so much for coming on the show. If people want to know more about you and charting toward intimacy, uh, tell us where to find you. Where should they go? Yeah. The best two places uh, would be Instagram at charting toward 
intimacy. Um, or you can find the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, just search charting toward intimacy in your podcast player. Yeah. And make sure you don't put towards with an yeah. S or you won't find it. You got to do charting toward. If you intimacy Google or... it with towards with the S, it will pop up correctly. Um, okay. but, uh, yeah, make sure toward no S. <laughs> Very good. Awesome. Well, thank you listeners so much. I want to thank each one of you. And again, if this has touched your heart, please share this episode that helps us. Uh, you, you can also help us by going to catholicmerch.store and buying any of the awesome Catholic swag there that supports all the shows like this one at Awaken Catholic. And if you love our show and you really want to support us, you can go to popculturecatechism.com and become a patron. There's one of six giving levels you can choose from to get exclusive content, all the talks I give in my speaking ministry and exclusive stuff from uh, extra stuff from episodes too. So you can check that out at popculturecatechism.com. I want to give a shout out to all our patrons, but especially Carl and Melissa Gore, Lisa and Bob Tenney, Stephen, Maggie Hubbard, Tom and Emily Camberiati. Thank you so much for staying with us till the end, listening till the end. Check out Ellen's show. We love you. God loves you more. We will see you next time.